Thank you for listening in to this podcast from Valley View Church. One verse of scripture this morning, and I want to read it as I usually read from the King James Version. Now, I will tell you, I, I love several different versions of the Bible. I, I, I use several different versions when I'm preaching many times. But I guess I was like most people, I was raised on the King James. And I still like to go back to it. So I'll read it first, but then I want to go to the Good News Bible and share the same verse. Psalm 139, verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Now, let's go to the Good News Bible, and it says this. You, God, created every part of me. You put together, or you put me together in my mother's womb. God, you created every part of me. You put me together in my mother's womb. You know what that says? That means God designed you. God uniquely made you. God planned you. And when you begin to think about the fact that God loves you enough that He plans you, He designs you, He purposed you, and then He created you and made you in your mother's womb. If that doesn't make you feel special, I don't know what else could. If that doesn't make you feel wonderful about who you are, I don't know what else could. But I want to share with you for a few moments this morning after we pray on this thought, why God made you. Why God made you. Father, I ask you this morning, God, that you would anoint me as a man from another world. God, that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, that you would cover me in the blood of Jesus today. And Father, I ask you now, Lord, that the anointing of your Holy Spirit would flow in this room. That the power of your Holy Spirit, God, would move mightily in this house. And Father, I ask you now that you would anoint me to share this gospel. As you have birthed it in my heart and you have birthed it in my spirit. And I pray that you'll anoint every heart and every ear and every soul and every mind. God, that they would hear and that they would receive from your word. And Father, I ask it in Jesus' name and I give you all the praise all the glory, and all the honor. Amen. She left me. They slipped a note up here to me while I was praying, so I apologize if I sounded a little bit. But there's going to be a reception for the graduates. It's going to be Wednesday night, this Wednesday evening. And Miss Angie wanted me to share that with you. This Wednesday evening at 6.30, there'll be a reception in the fellowship hall for our graduates then. And we want you to be a part of that. Now, before I go further, I want you to do something with me because I really believe this. I want you to give my daughter, Leslie, I want you to give her a big hand this morning. Don't we have the best music director? That there is. Now, I want you to put your hand together, give this worship team. And I'm going to, well, now, 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 if it was you, you'd brag. I got another daughter that sings on the worship team. I got a son-in-law that plays the keyboard and a son that plays the lead guitar. Now give our worship team a big hand. Amen. Aren't they wonderful? I think we got the best. 
Now, I know I named my family, but the worship team's made up of much more than just them. And I want each and every one of them to know I love and I appreciate them. But there's one more applause I want you to give with me this morning. Didn't this women's choir sound wonderful today? Amen. I loved it. They did an outstanding job here this morning, leading us into the presence and the glory of the Lord. Amen, Brother Uptain. Good to see you and your lovely wife here with us today. Psalm 139, verse 13, it said, Lord, you created me in my mother's womb. In other words, Lord, you designed and you purposed me before I breathe my first breath of life. And the thought this morning is this, why God made you. It has been said that there are two great moments in a person's life. And they are this, the moment you were born and the moment you realize why you were born. Two of the greatest moments in your life, that you were born and then when you begin to realize why you were born. Why were you put on this earth in the Purpose Driven Life, a book written by Rick Warren? And I will share with you a lot of the information I received in this message or share in this message this morning. A lot of different points and things I share with you today came from this wonderful book. But in The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, the book begins with these words. It says, it's not about you. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's greater than those things. It says it's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. Your purpose in life is greater than those things. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, first of all, you must begin with God. If you want to know why you were placed here, if you want to know why you're on this earth, you have to start out with God. And let me first share some things with you quickly about God that I thought was very unique. You don't have to travel too far around the world until you discover quickly that God loves variety. He made all shapes. He made all sizes, colors, intensities, all kinds of incredible variety in this world. And one thing I found amazing was this. God has made over 300,000 species of beetles. Now go figure that one. Couldn't we have gotten by with about 50,000 beetles? But God made 300,000 different species. Why would God do something like that? God loves variety. Maybe you never thought about that side of God. In one cubic foot of snow, there are 18 million snowflakes, and not one of them are alike. Now think about that again. One cubic foot, 18 million snowflakes, and not one of them are alike. Nobody else is going to see it but God, but God likes variety. I would never notice it. You'd never notice it. But God sees it, and God loves it. And I also want to tell you that he loves variety when it comes to people. He created each one of us, and, or he created varieties as far as people are concerned. Have you ever been waiting for an airplane and you're sitting in the airport and you're watching all kinds of people walk by? Different nationalities, different countries, different people, different races, all kind of people who are walking by. I remember when we went to the Honduras Different time we were sitting in the airport going and coming and watching people go by. 
But I want you to understand something. And I noticed all different kinds of people from all around the world. But the unique thing was God made every one of them individually. And God made every one of them on purpose, and God had a plan for their life. But I want you to understand one thing this morning. The same God that made each and every one of them is the same God that made you. Amen. Notice in Psalm 139, 13 again, God, you, God, created every part of me. You put together, you put me together in my mother's womb. Verse 14 in the Living Bible says this. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It's amazing to think about your workmanship is marvelous. And then in Job chapter 10, verse 8, Good News Bible, your hands formed and shaped me. Now, each one of those three verses are very unique, but they bring about some things we need to understand. From these verses, we learn three fundamental truths. And those truths are this. They're very important truths about who you are and about who I am. I want everybody in this house, if you would, to say this with me. I am unique. Can I tell you, you are unique this morning. There's not anybody else in this world like you. There never has been. There never will be. When God made you, he broke the mold. Amen. Somebody said, thank God. God does not create carbon copies. He only creates originals. So I want to stop and tell you the next time you walk in your bathroom and you look into the mirror, just remember you're looking at an original. There's nobody else like you. You are unique. If you were to search the whole world over, you wouldn't find two people who have the same footprint, the same fingerprint, or the same voice print. Amen? Why? Because God made each one of those things about us very unique. You are unique. Why did God make you different from every person who ever lived? Why did he go to all that trouble? Because he wants you to know how special you really are. And I want to say this to these young people sitting on the front. He wants you to know just how special you really are, how much you matter to him. He wants you to know that you matter. So therefore, can I say it again? You are unique. Now everybody say this with me if you will. I am wonderfully complex. Now let me ask you, do you believe that? You said it. But do you believe it? The fact is you are so complex that many times we are mysteries to ourselves. Think about that statement. Many times we're mysteries to ourselves. Have you ever acted in a certain way that surprised you? Think about this. Have you ever said something and later thought, what was I thinking when I said that? Lord, how many times have I done that? Have you ever felt a certain way and later thought, why do I feel this way? And then you ask yourself, what in the world is happening to me? What's going on in me? Why? Let me tell you why. We are mysterious to ourselves. Let me ask you another one. Have you ever been in a group of people where everybody else reacted one way, but you were the only person who reacted differently? And then you stopped and you asked yourself, what's wrong with me? Why did I act different than everybody else? I got the answer for you. There is nothing wrong with you. You are unique and God made you that way. 
God didn't make us to fit in with everybody else's mold. God didn't make us to fit in with everybody else's plan. God didn't make us to fit in with everybody else's purpose. You are complex and you are unique. Sometimes you just have to admit, I don't know why I feel the way I do. Sometimes you just have to admit, I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I thought that. But I want to tell you, God knows why you said it. God knows why you thought it. God knows why you did it. He knows you're unique, and he knows you are wonderfully complex because he made you that way. Now, everybody say this with me. I was shaped for a purpose. I want you to say that and again say it like you mean it. I was shaped for a purpose. Well, think about it. God created everything in this world for a purpose, the Bible says, including you. Everything he made, he made on purpose. And I'm going to say it again, as I said earlier, you are not here by accident. Somebody in this room needs to hear that. You are not here by accident. You are not just taking up space. God made you for a reason. You were designed by God, and it was his idea to do it. Can I say that again? You were designed by God, and it was his idea to do it. It's not a mistake. You were planned before you were born. God did not simply sit down at a computer and randomly access a bunch of components and throw it all together and out pops you. God didn't do that. You were designed, you were purposed, you were planned. The Bible says very clearly that you were purposefully, personally, orderly, planned, and designed by God. His loving hand made you exactly the way you are. It's not in my notes, but I'm going to say it while I'm here. Have you ever felt like you were weird? You ever felt like you were strange? You ever felt like you were different? Well, God sent me by to tell you, he made you just like you are. So if you're weird, God made you weird. If you're different, God, I'm just teasing with you. But God uniquely made you the way you are. You're not weird, you're not different, you're not strange, but you are who God made you to be. You are, and I got it in bold words again, this will be my third time to say it. You are not an accident. You are not an accident. You were meant to be here. You were meant to live life. You were meant to be who you are. God had a plan in the genetic codes of your life. He did not just throw it all together. You are you because God wanted you to be you. And let me tell you why you are you. And let me tell you why God wants you to be you. Your uniqueness is what God wants to offer to the world. Your uniqueness is what God wants to offer to the world. He made you unique because he wanted to offer that uniqueness to the world. And nobody else can do it like you do it. I hope you just heard that statement. Nobody else can do it like you do it. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, nobody else can do it like me. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Nobody else can do it like me. Nobody else. Why? God made you that way. Each of us were built in a perfect and intricate set of plans engineered by God himself. And listen, within every cell of our body is a set of those divine fingerprints that's called DNA. And nobody's is alike. Everybody's. 
Lord, help me, Jesus. The human genome is a wonder of precise engineering that laid down everything about your physical body. So each one of us was perfectly designed by God for His glory. Now here's something I want you to get. Maybe you never thought about this before. Who you are, where you were born, how you look, all the imperfections and weaknesses and countless other details are all part of God's marvelous design. Did you hear that? Who you are, where you were born, how you look, all your imperfections, your weaknesses, your countless other details are all part of God's marvelous design. Each one of us are His handiwork. Each of us are like rare, precious jewels. No one, listen, no one is worthless or unimportant in God's plan. I want to stop and tell somebody, the world may tell you you're worthless, but God says you're wonderful. But the world may tell you you're unimportant, but God said you're necessary. God said you're needful. God said, I want you. Your intellect, your giftedness, your abilities, and most of all, who you are as a person are strategic resources God has given you to serve and to please Him. Every part of you, God has given you so that you can serve Him, you can please Him, and you can live for Him. God made you with a designed purpose. One of the things that Pastor Rick wrote in his book was this, God has never created anything without a purpose. And if your heart is beating and you are breathing, you are a purpose. You, there's a purpose for your life. If your heart's beating and you're breathing, God has a purpose for you. Just as an inventor fashions an object with a specific purpose in mind, God had a reason for creating each one of us. Revelation 4 and 11 said, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. For His pleasure we were created. The very fact that you're alive makes your life meaningful. The very, the very fact that you are breathing makes your life meaningful. You were made by God. You were made for God. And until you understand that, your life is never going to make sense. You've got to start with God. I want to say that again. You were made by God. You were made for God. And until you understand that, your life will never make sense. You have to start with the Lord. So let me go back to the original question. So why did God make me? Why did God make you? I'm going to give you some reasons this morning. Number one, God made you to know God and to, know, and to love Him. He made you to know Him. And he made you to love him. God created us for his pleasure. Now I'm going to make a statement here. And I want everybody to listen to it. Hear me through before you judge what I'm going to say. God created us for his pleasure. He did not need you. And he did not need me. Listen to me. God is totally satisfied in himself. But he wanted you. And he wanted me. And that shows how valuable we really are. 
Do you understand? That's why I want you to hear me out before you judge what I said. God is perfectly all right by himself. He didn't need us, but yet he wanted us. And I want to say this to you. It's one thing to be needed, but it's a whole different thing to be wanted. I said it's one thing to be needed, but it's a whole different scenario to be wanted. And God sent me by to tell you he might not have necessarily had to have us, but he wanted us. He desired us. He longed for us so much that he created us in his likeness and in his image. So it's important you understand that God wanted you. That's why you're here. God wanted me. That's why I'm here. In Psalm 149, verse 4, English Standard Version says, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. It pleases God to give us the capacity to love him. It pleases God to give us what's necessary that we might love him. The ability to pray or to worship is unique to human beings. Nobody else can do it. Did you hear me? The ability to pray and to worship is unique to human beings. We're the only ones that can do it. It's not meant for animals, not meant for plants, not meant for other things. We're the only ones that can do it. He made us unique. There's, there's therefore a unique calling on our life. We are made to love God. And listen to me, the more we get to know God, the more we will love God. Amen. I said, the more we get to know God, the more we will love God. And think about this. God knows everything about you, but you know almost nothing about God. I just lost somebody right there. God knows everything about me, Bart, but I, I know almost nothing about him. What are you saying? Oh, yes, I know what his word says. And I know what I have in an intimate relationship with him. And I know as I, to walk with him. I know what it is to have that connection with him. I know what it is to have that relationship with him. But do you understand? God knows the number of hairs that are upon your head. He knows every detail about who you are. He knows little minute things about you that you don't even know about yourself. And we don't understand those kind of minute things about God as deeply as we know him and as deeply as we walk about walk with him. And as intimate as we are with him, we don't know those little minute details about God. So we have to understand he knows everything about us, but we don't know everything about him. But can I tell you, God loves us in spite of everything he knows about us. Somebody in this room right now, you've been beating yourself up just lately because of things you've been involved in or maybe the life hadn't been going a certain way or you feel like things ain't been a certain way in your life and you've been beating yourself over the head. But I want to stop and tell you something. God loves you just like you are. God loves everything about you. He loves you even though he knows everything about you. God wants you to learn you to learn to know him and he wants you to learn to love him. Now let me say this to you. God loves you just like you are. But if you're lost and undone without God, he loves you too much to leave you where you are. He loves you just like you are. But if you're going through a valley and you're going through a struggle and you're going through a hard place in your life, he loves you too much to leave you where you are. He loves you like you are, but if you need him to do something specific in your life, he loves you too much to leave you like you are. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. God wants you to learn to know him and to love him, and the Bible calls this worship. 
We're to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength according to the word of God. In Hosea 6 and 6, God said, For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Notice what he said, I desire steadfast love. And I said, he wants you to love him. He wants you to desire him. And I'm going to get, this is going to get a little point blank right here, but I want you to listen to it. It doesn't matter how many things you accomplish, how many things you achieve, how much money you make. At the end of the day, I feel him. I'm going to back up and start over. Won't you get this? It doesn't matter how many, too much, many accomplishments you make or how much you achieve or how much money you make. At the end of each day, you don't know a little bit more about God. You don't love Him a little bit more than you did the day before. Then you have wasted that day. It's not about how much money we make. How much closer did you get to God today? It's not about how much we achieved today. How much more did you learn to love Him today? How much more did you learn to walk with Him today? That's the most important thing of our life. Now, don't misunderstand me. We have to work and we have to occupy. The Bible said occupy until He comes. But those are not the most important things in our life. The most important thing in our life is the relationship that we have with God. And if we have not grown with Him each day, we've wasted that day. If we've not learned to love Him more that day, we've wasted that day. If we've not done more to draw nigh unto Him, we've wasted that day. Because God did not create you and put you on this earth just to mark off your to-do list. He put you here to know Him and to love Him. He didn't just put you here to fulfill your own desire and own purpose all the time. He put you here to know Him and to love Him. Number two, why did God create you? To learn how to love others in His family. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you became a child of God. God calls His children the church. The church is not an institution or an organization. The church is the family of God. We are His children, which makes us brothers and sisters in the family of God. And God desires for for those in Christ to be knit together as brothers and sisters and members of the family of God together. And I want you to hear this. God doesn't want you to just believe. He wants you to belong. This is important. He doesn't just want you to believe in Him. He wants you to belong. He wants you to be connected. We were made to be a community. We were made to be in relationship. And He wants us to be in relationship with Him. And He wants us to be in relationship with one another. I want to give you this before I go further. While our physical family will one day pass away, our spiritual family relationships will last for an eternity. Why did God make you? To become more like Christ. We need to learn to think, to act, to respond, to value things like Jesus does. We need to learn to be more like Him. The model of perfection is Jesus. God wants you to know spirit or to grow spiritually seeking to be like Jesus more every day. Listen, while the world might be impressed by achievement, God cares much more about who we are becoming than what we are accomplishing. The world focuses on achievement, but God's more interested in who you are becoming than what you are accomplishing in this life. Who are you in Him? 
Who are you becoming in him? How much closer are you drawing to him? Because let me tell you something here. You're not taking your career to heaven. You're going to take your character to heaven. Quiet in here. You're not going to take your career to heaven. It's your character that's going to go with you and follow you there. What are you saying, Pastor? God created us in his image. He wants to, us to express his character. He makes us more like Christ by putting, us, putting situations in us to help us to grow and to be more like him. And I want to say this for somebody's benefit. We never have to wonder why we're going through something. The answer all the, to all the why questions in life is this, to make you more like Jesus. Why do we go through some of the struggles we go through? Because it helps us be more like Jesus. Why do we go through some of the tough spots that we go through? Because it helps us to be more like Jesus. Why do we walk through some of the valleys we walk through? Because it helps us to be more like Jesus. Why do we face some of the things we face? Because it helps us to be more like Jesus. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 gives us a perfect picture of the character of Jesus. And it said this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Can I tell you in each one of those things that is the character of Jesus Christ. And that's where God is trying to take us to. That's what God is trying to help us become. God doesn't make us like Jesus overnight. These character traits are imparted into us through the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't just happen because you want it to. It comes into us and through us and works in us through the Spirit of God. Why did God make you? To be on a mission for him. As I bring it down to a close this morning, I want you to listen very closely to this. Why did God make you? Why were you born? Because God wanted to put you on a mission. God wanted to pull you to fulfill his plan and to fulfill his purpose. God made you for his mission. And Paul explains this mission in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But I do not count my life as of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So I've given you many reasons why God made you. Do you want to know one of the main reasons God made you? God made you because God has a mission and a message that he wants you to explain or explain through you to this world. He has a message that he wants to come through you specifically to this world. And I want to give it to you. What is this message that God wants me to share? He wants you to share that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, lived a perfect life, yet suffered and died in our place on the cross so that we would not have to bear the wrath of God for our sin. He wants us to convey he was buried. He rose again on the third day as we all know. God now offers forgiveness for those who call on his son for salvation. That's what God wants us to share. So why were you put on this earth? God put you on this earth because he had a planned purpose and a planned design for your life. And that design was that you might help others find Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's part of your purpose. 
We must declare, Colin, if you will be coming, get ready to play. We must declare Psalm 34 and 8. Open your eyes and see how good God is. We must declare to the world, open your eyes and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to him. We must declare to the world that God is good. His mercy is good. His grace is good. His kindness is good. His blessings are good. And we must run to Him if we want to find Him in that way. So many times we're waiting on God to run to us. And God is standing there with outstretched arms waiting on us to run to Him. And I want to say this to you. Why were you? Why did God make you? I give you many reasons here this morning. But God made you this morning that you might be a mouthpiece. That you might be a conduit that He might flow through. That you might be one that He might use in your own unique way. You see, it's one thing for me to preach the gospel. But it's another thing for you to share it. We, none of us will share the gospel in the self-same way. None of us will declare it in the self-same way. But every one of us have our own unique way way of telling others about the love and the mercy and the grace and the goodness of Almighty God and God purpose that you fulfill that calling for yourself. I want to close it like this this morning. Again, playing softly. I want to speak to someone in this room. I've told you why God made you. There's many other things I could say to you this morning. Many other things I know I could add to this morning. But I want to finish this message like this. Don't everyone listen to me. I'm talking directly to somebody in this house, and I feel like I'm talking to more than one. You need to open your eyes, and you need to see the goodness of God. You need to open your eyes, and you need to see the goodness of God. You need to receive the love of God. Let me tell you why. There's no man who will love you, no woman who will love you like your Creator will, like Jesus will. There's nobody else who will love you like Jesus will. There's nobody else who will care for you like Jesus will. And let me ask you this. If somebody loved you so much that they died for you, would you not want to know them? If somebody loves you so much that they gave their life for you, would you not want to know them? <clears throat> How many people do you know is going to jump in front of you to take a bullet that was meant for you? How many people do you know who's going to do that? Now, there's some who will. But when it comes right down to it, how many do you know who will really do that? Jesus didn't take a bullet for you, but he took the cross for you. And a bullet would have been a lot easier. It would have been short-lived. It would have been over. It had been done. But he went through agonizing pain that we don't even have the right words to describe it. We can't even portray it like it really needs to be portrayed. But understand this. If somebody died for you wouldn't, want you, wouldn't you want to know them? I want to tell you, there's somebody in here. Someone did that for you. And that somebody's name is Jesus.